This is ESPN Chicago Points Bet Sportsbook Pregame Show on the ESPN Chicago app, 100.3 HD2, and ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. I'm Jeff Miller, along with Deanne Miller here on ESPN 1000, the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show, as we're here with you for two hours before every Bears game during the season. The Bears getting set to take on the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle today in the 15th game of the season. They're 4-10. We only have three of these left, and it is our (laughs) pleasure to have the opportunity of watching Nick Foles today. So something new for everybody out there, Dion. In the snow, no less. It is pretty. Yeah. I'll give it that. Like, all the pictures, apparently, whatever that is. Yeah, they. I, <laughs> what I've seen on the socials of how beautiful the stadium looks is pretty impressive. Although, when Teddy was on and he was saying, what is the uh, Nick Foles to, to throw for over 200 yards? I, I don't see that happening in a snow game for a guy who has not played since November, or started since November 16 of 2020. That was yeah, not, not you know, recent. <laughs> The, Bear, the Bears are going to start a third quarterback this season. It will yeah. be the only the, it'll be the first time since 2016 that they're going to have three quarterbacks start a season. The last time um, they did it back in 2016, uh, five years ago, Matt Barkley, I believe, threw five interceptions five years ago today. So <laughs> they've got that going for him. We'll see if Nick Foles can best that effort back during Another the one of those uh, John Fox era. Joyful memories from the holiday season. <laughs> Yeah, so so we are awaiting this game. We shall see if it is Matt Nagy's last official game where he has not been informed that he's not going to be the coach, whether or not they let him coach out the string for the remainder of the season or just inform him that he will not be back so that they can take advantage of that new NFL rule. Nevertheless, Lewis Riddick is a man who a lot of people, a lot of Bears fans are interested in um, potentially taking over as the next GM of the Chicago bears. And he was on with Waddle and Sylvie on Wednesday, I'm sorry, Thursday. And they asked him, Hey, flat out. Hey, would you be interested in the bears job? Of course I would listen. Of course. It's the Chicago bears, man. Okay. It's a, it's a blue blood franchise. Of course. And you know what? I mean, I'll just leave it at that. Of course. Clearly he is interested. He could not go too far because I think he understands that. It's a scenario where you don't want to say something that could could potentially get you eliminated from consideration, right, Deanne? But um, he was asked, and this is where he gave a little bit more on the whole situation with the Bears. Should it be a total reset? Should they get rid of both Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy? A total flush and a total reset is fine, and I don't I don't disagree with that. As a matter of fact, look, many times I think when you're really trying to reset, that's the only way you really can reset an organization. You can't piecemeal it you can't go well it was more his fault than it was his fault so i'm going to change this coach but i'm going to keep this gm or i'm going to change this gm and keep this coach because that's not how the team that's really not how a team works that's not really how it functions and we all know that we all know that coaches and general managers work hand in hand in terms of setting the philosophy in the or in the direction of the organization and they're all responsible so to me if one goes they all go right okay here here's the issue though here's the issue Whoever's picking the next regime needs to know what it what a successful GM and what a successful head coach pairing is supposed to look like. 
they need to they need to know when they have that group that group, and when they have the right person, they need to know that okay, we do have it, and then pull the trigger. So that means this: you better educate yourself a little bit about how locker rooms work. What's best? What are the best teaching methods? Uh, who has the best philosophy? Who has the best plan in terms of one? putting a team around Justin, let's just start there at the quarterback, how to develop and implement and, and utilize that talent and that team, how to continuously develop as the season goes along. And they, they just have to have a rock-solid plan, Tommy, about what, that, about what that's supposed to look like. Because if you don't know, then you can, just, you can interview all the people that you want. Mm-hmm. You're just throwing darts at a dartboard. Ah, Dion, there's the rub. You have to know yeah. what it looks like. Yeah, you have to know what it looks like. And that's, it goes back to what you were saying about who exactly would be interviewing these candidates eligible to begin that tomorrow. And do they know what it looks like? Do those powers that be? Does George McCaskey know exactly what that's look, that looks like? The Bears have been seeking that kind of symmetry for a while and, and making it work. I mean, I, I know they like Ryan Pace. That's awesome. I like him too. He's a great guy. But I don't know if you can keep him around and allow him to make another head coaching hire or to, to be heavily involved in who that person is when d- does he know even what that looks like to have that kind of symmetry with a head coach? Yeah, you bring that up. And Lewis Riddick was also asked, and I think this is probably where he was most frank when he was asked, Hey, um, so what about the idea of potentially letting Nagy go, but keeping Ryan Pace in the organization? I believe so. Yeah. And that's not just because as some people are going to say, well, Matt's just your friend or your politicking for the job. No, I already talked to Matt about this. I, look, I know Matt and I both know what's coming down the pike. Okay, it's a bottom line business. It's cool. And for the people who say, well, he just wants the job, I've got a great job. Yeah. Your rating, I got a good job, man. <laughs> I, I know I'm, I'm good to go. But I do believe, I do believe philosophically, if you're going to really reset a place, you have to reset it from top to bottom. You just do. Because the people who come in have to come in on the same timeline with the same in mind and with the same goals in mind and connected at the hip. And you know what? Like, like you guys alluded to maybe at the beginning of this conversation, maybe it doesn't just stop at general manager here with this in this particular mm-hmm. case. Better not. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's time to do a deep dive as far as um, what's best for the Chicago Bears going forward. That's, you know, that's the part where it seems like a organization, if they're going to figure it out and they're going to eventually get it right, get it right, Deanne, um, if one if one goes, which we expect, then yeah. both should probably go. And honestly, Ted Phillips should not be, you know, at this point, if he wants to just oversee the new stadium idea at Arlington Heights, that's fine because yeah. he handles that well. That's fine. But the truth is, I don't see how you can have a functioning organization keep Ryan Pace here to do what exactly? Because right. whatever, if they keep him around somehow, some way, it feels like he's going to have involvement in the job that you're asking him to step away from. Uh, there's no way that you, you, he can't. I mean, there's, I don't think there's any way that he can now let that go and, and, and not continue to not be in the building and not have say in what he helped bring together in the roster and not, and not at least want to. Like, it, it, I, just, I don't know if he is, he can compartmentalize that enough. Um, 
I, I don't know. I appreciate, I, man, if Lewis Riddick is involved in any way with the Bears organization, I am totally on board with that. And, and I, I think you hear it in his voice. He's honest. He's, he gets it. He knows what's happening. And I appreciate what he said about it. Like, I know Matt and I are friends. Like, I'm not going to hide that fact, but we understand what's happening here. And, you know, after that week of Thanksgiving, when all of the rumors came out about Nagy that he had been informed that his job is going to be gone and he's going to be let go as of Black Friday and all of those things mm-hmm. and how he navigated that when he came back and we, we asked him, has this been a tough, tense time for you? And he's just kind of like, no, because of the people who are in my support system. And I'll be real, if Lewis Riddick truly is one of those people, like that's where Nagy kind of, that that's a good voice to have. And I say all of that to say that is, that's a valuable, um, I guess, words to have in the building. And if the Bears are listening at all, hopefully they'll pick up the phone and, and give him a call and at least consider him in some sort of role for a franchise in desperate need of a voice like this. Yeah, and to the point with Ryan Pace, the truth is, like, if he's involved in the like the hiring process, it's insane because yeah. somehow, some way, the person who is who would eventually be hired would be in, you would think obligated to answer. It, I don't see how you could keep the keep Ryan Pace and him not be either elevated, which seems insane to me it's that you would insane. elevate a guy who couldn't handle his job. But if that's the case, and he was actually interviewing potential replacements, then it would seem in the flow chart of the organization, it would seem that that person who was hired by Ryan Pace, or at least Ryan Pace had input, they would feel obligated in some way to at least run things by Ryan Pace, which is exactly the situation I think you need to remove yourself from if you're the Bears. If you're uh, George McCaskey, it cannot be that anymore. Like not if you want to move forward as an organization because Ryan Pace has had too many opportunities. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately he has, in my opinion, failed too many times and you can't keep going back to letting him run this organization. I don't care if he builds you a great new facility, a great new practice facility up at Hallis Hall. That's great. That's also, though, to me, one of those, okay, that was obvious that that, that needed to be done. Um, I think a lot of guys could have overseen that project. Don't give him too much credit. Mm-hmm. when your organization around the league is not really where you'd like it to be. Well, as someone who spends a lot of time at House Hall, I do appreciate the upgrades. I also appreciate the free sodas in the fridge. However, it is insane if they want to keep him around. And what what's the definition of insanity, Jeff? It's like doing the same thing and expecting something different, right? But that's exactly. what we've said about this organization for a very long time, that they aren't making the deep enough change. Like we go back to last year at this time where we all were anticipating some sort of head coaching change or some sort of of change and all they did was come out and and reinforce those two at the top at Na- in Nagy and Pace and so I'm not sure what I would put past them at this point I, I really don't if we're going to have another one of those you know Virginia's pissed moments if, if that's what's going to get things rolling at, or how they're going to come out of this season and and kind of take a different turn gosh I hope that that's what happens but it needs to be a deeper overhaul than what they've had in the past because it has been insane and, and here we are say, in the same position again and again and again that is the voice of Deanne Miller. I'm Jeff Miller here on the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show brought to you, as always, by 3Chi and Valparaiso University. Deanne mentioned it. She does appreciate the sodas as she covers <laughs> the Bears on a weekend basis for ABC7. Up next, she lets us know what exactly happened in Hallis Hall as she cracks open the notebook here on ESPN 1000. It's time for another episode of Miller and Miller. America's favorite Bears pregame. The ESPN Chicago Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show. Here is ABC7's Dion Miller and fantasy guru Jeff Miller. 
Don't fear the Reaper. The Bears season is almost over. The Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show is brought to you by Fritchie and Valparaiso University. And it is about that point when we request not more cowbell, but more notebook from Deanne Miller. Deanne Miller cracks open her notepad to bring you inside Hallis Hall on the ESPN Chicago pregame show. Well, tis the season to bring joy and cheer, despite the reality of the Bears situation. And so for the second straight game, they had at least one person beaming at the postgame podium about their performance on the field. Against the Packers, it was, of course, Jakeem Grant Sr., who has unfortunately not been active the last two games now. But on Monday night, we got Thomas Graham Jr. And I'm a big fan, a fan of his play for sure, the way he performed when he made his debut. Those three pass breakups were pretty much textbook, beautiful, so well executed. And it made everybody kind of wonder, like, why had he not been on the field before? But when he spoke with us on Thursday, it was Wednesday. The days are running together. Whatever day it was. That's okay. Um, whatever, week, I, I know. It's, I can't. It's I have, creating havoc for me. <laughs> like, it makes my head hurt to try to remember anything that's happened before this moment. But anyway, so when he spoke with us, it was like, it was giving me life as a reporter. It was so fantastic. So here he talked about how he felt heading into his very first, when he found out he was going to finally make his pro debut. At first, I was nervous. I didn't really even tell anybody. Uh, I barely told my sister. And then... <laughs> Uh, and she was actually there with me. She was at the house. Uh, and I'll say it, it probably started. Then I told my dad and, and he was just excited. And I'm just like, dad, don't tell anybody. Cause like, you know, he'll tell everybody, you feel me? You go around to the whole world. So I was like, dad, don't tell anybody. And then he got excited. Then he told my mom and I was like, you know what? I'm Thomas Graham. And it kind of just like, from that point on, just like the confidence and juice is just like, you get the chance to play on Monday night football in front of the whole nation. Tell all your friends, say everybody at the end of the day, they go see it, whether I tell them or not. So might as well just tell them and then go out there with the confidence that I always had. He did not play his last season at Oregon because of COVID concerns. And then this year spent all that time on the practice squad, wanting an opportunity, wondering why he didn't get it. Walked up to the GM, asked Ryan Pace for help, who helped him and got him kind of like helped him to push him in practice. Mm-hmm. He admitted that his confidence had taken a hit. And I just love that like self-talk that he had when he was like, wait a minute, I'm I'm Thomas Graham. Like they know, chose right? me to do this. It was just such an uplifting moment. And for him to say he didn't want anybody to know. And then he was like, no, no, I'm ready for this. And he did it. And now, now the, obviously everybody wants to see him do it again. But man, if we could get him going in the right direction, Jalen Johnson as well, like that, that would be exciting to see them play together and to be playing well together. So tonight I'm watching that to see what a- he can bring for us. Deanne, I love that you brought that up. I, I was on a lot this week in the uh, filling in for people, and I mentioned, too, um, that was actually one of the bright spots from Monday night's game. You're absolutely right. I will say this, too. I was actually, when they drafted Thomas Graham in the sixth round, I was very excited because, like you just mentioned, he sat out the 2020 season because of COVID, um, and no problem with that at all. And because of that, though, a lot of people had him dubbed as like a, a second, third-round talent, right? But because he sat out the season – a lot of players who chose to do that were falling mm-hmm. in the draft. And I love the bet on the talent, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody who showed it at a certain level. I love that opportunity to take advantage. That's where you oftentimes see a lot of value. So I was very excited when they drafted him. And then I'll admit, I kind of forgot about him yeah. after we were three, four games in. And the secondary was so bad all season long, right? Yeah. And the fact that he couldn't get on the field um, kind of frustrated me when 
I see him go out on Monday night and perform as well as he did, it makes you wonder, man, um, it's just as much as you should be a positive, it's also a bit of an indictment when a guy goes out there and plays that well, right. three passes defense, and you're saying to yourself, really? Your secondary's been a mess all year. You certainly could have, I think, given him a shot over Artie Burns. And so all yeah. the more reason why this front office and this coaching staff needs to be completely rebooted. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I digress. But wouldn't you want, wouldn't you, as as Ryan Pace being like, look, we we drafted this kid. Wouldn't we want to see that he can do that? So? Like, wouldn't that be helpful for their job security in any way to get him out on the field? It is a, a head I mean, scratcher. I mean, I don't, it's I don't understand. And the coaching staff too, because yeah. they have to recognize what they have um, on the practice field. Ryan Pace, you know. He, he picks the groceries, but he's not the chef cooking it up. That's that's partially on the coaching staff as well. Nevertheless, hopefully he can continue to play well because Dan Weeder was uh, a real uh, negative Nancy or Dion when I, I brought that up to him, and he was like, "Listen, Kindle Vildor was uh, good down the stretch and um, last year, and then all of a sudden he started playing this season and it wasn't so good. So let's see him put a few games together. I need something to be optimistic. Please yes. give it to us, Thomas Graham." Yes, please. Tonight in the snow. Let's see it happen again. Okay, so we already talked about Robert Quinn definitely deserving of that Pro Bowl nod. And I know you said you didn't think that Roquan had been snubbed necessarily. However, Sean Desai definitely does think that his inside linebacker deserved it and um, had this to say about why in his defense of Roquan. Roquan's played a true inside linebacker position for us. Uh, all the time. So I think, you know, I think when people look at the stats, uh, like you mentioned, I've said that here repeatedly, uh, you can skew it however you want to skew it. Uh, But the one thing you can't skew is that this guy is in the top five in pretty much everything. And so you can look at whoever you want to look at and compare him to whoever you want to look at. But when you look at uh, the production on the tape and you see the speed and the instincts that which this guy plays with and how he gets uh, people around him better, um, he's kind of been the one constant for us this year that's played in every single game. Uh, and it has been that productive every single game, week in and week out. His ability to get off blocks, his ability to diagnose, keen diagnose uh, plays and get to the ball carrier on a consistent basis is uh, unique. And I think that's what needs to be emphasized. Well, the Bears certainly better emphasize it because they would be lost without him on the field defensively. He has been so consistent and good for them this year. And I mean, 140 tackles. He has that interception score touchdown. I mean, he's he has been he's he's been that rock in the middle that they've needed especially without Khalil Mack putting pressure on the sides like they they've needed someone to fly around in the middle of the field and he's done that on a consistent basis I I appreciate your argument and I get it Meller but I I think he he deserved maybe a little more recognition he isn't going to say that I know that like that's not who Roquan is he's not going to say that he deserved it he is just going to go out and do his thing again and again maybe it is a little bit more motivating for him to you know continue to finish the season on a strong note well, the only thing I'll say is I understand and appreciate the argument that, listen, like guys like Micah Parsons will line up as an end and rush on passing downs at times. And so he does, you know, have those big uh, splash play stats that a lot of people will look at when they're making their vote. Bobby Wagner has a long history in this league of being an excellent player. And statistically, he's had a very strong year as well for the Seahawks. Um, I'll mention Fred Warner again He uh, for the 49ers. I don't believe he, he got the nod this year, but he's excellent as well. It's just the problem with, you know, playing a position where there's so many talented players. It's I, I don't want to be, you know, a hater on Roquan Smith because I love him as a player. And I think, you know, he's one of the few guys you can point to in Ryan Pace's draft tenure and yeah. say, you know what? Um, he actually has lived up to 
being the eighth overall pick in the uh, 2018 draft. So, you know, kudos to him. The one thing I'll say, though, is that if you say, well, he's playing the true inside linebacker spot, well, then I'll say, well, what about Robert Quinn as an outside linebacker getting the nod as opposed to being edge rusher because only three got it from the NFC. Um, and, And as good as Robert Quinn's season has been, I'm not sure if you make him exclusively the, quote, edge rusher, he would get the nod. So you can kind of say, well, if you want Roquan Smith to be on the team, if he's the quote-unquote snub, then the truth is then if you had it, had it that way, Robert Quinn might be the one who got snubbed on the other end. If right. You, you know what I'm saying? No, so, that's true. And there's no um, – and I think we no, all, we, no. Yeah, go ahead. We love fighting for our guys. And, and, and I guess the truth is it's, it's probably more uh, an indictment of the Pro Bowl yeah. as opposed to anything else, the actual player, you know? For sure, for sure. And I mean, we have not really, I mean, the Pro Bowl is a nice nod. Nobody really seems to want to play in it anymore. But anyway, um, I, I do, I agree with you and Robert Quinn deserves it. He totally deserves it. And if he, if he sets this record, um, maybe tonight, wouldn't that be exciting? Um, that I think that would be that, I mean, no one's going to argue with, I no one's arguing about it. I guess I just was taken by Desai's staunch, you know, defense of getting Roquan in. Yeah. You know what? I'd be more surprised if Sean Desai came out and said, hey, you know what? We're, uh, Roquan's been it. good, but um, like <laughs> Meller said, there's three guys who probably go in ahead of him and there's only two slots, so what are you going to do? That right. would be more surprising. Um, that's the move as the D.C. to take up for your guy. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. Okay, you heard the little scribble scratch, so we're getting to my third point here, and that is about uh, tonight's starting quarterback, Nick Foles. And I went back and I wanted to hear... What he said the last time we spoke with him, which uh, four months ago was August, right? And he was fired up and he was talking about, he was being asked a lot of questions about like, don't you want to get on the field or don't you, don't you want to, do you think you're going to get traded somewhere else? Don't you want to be in a place where you're connecting with the coaching staff and they're putting you in a position to be successful? And and he he was defending his place and where he's at and, and how he's looking at all of that as he heads into this season. You don't just want to go somewhere to go somewhere. Like, you want to go somewhere where you know the people somewhat or you know someone who knows the people that can vouch for the people so you can succeed. Listen, I'm 32. I feel great. The version of me right now is much better than the version that played in the Super Bowl. I'll tell you that. And I'm confident in that. So put that through your mind. I know that. I know what this game's about. You have to have the whole package as a team. Like, you have to have everyone in there. You have Top-down has to be great. If it's not great, you're going to be mediocre. I've seen it. I've been a part of it. And unfortunately, when you're a quarterback, you got to go through a lot of the, you know, baloney. But that's part of it. That's why we play this position. That's why we grow. Because at the end of the day, there might be some kid that's watching this press conference and they say, Nick Foles is a three quarterback and he's going out there and his mentality is to dice up that defense and help his teammates. And that's what I will continue to do till I lace up the cleats for the last time. Rah, go Bears. <laughs> that was such a a huge like motivational speech in that moment. But it was interesting to me because that all came after he was asked why he thought it didn't work last year. I mean, remember, Meller, he came. This was he was gonna be the savior that helped mm-hmm. helped get everything back on track for the offense and be able to run Matt Nagy's offense. And he was asked why it didn't work out. And he he wouldn't answer the question. He was he kind of he's like, I can't really talk about things that were talked about behind the scenes. He was very vague about it. And then he said, you know, 
it has to work from top to bottom. And he's like, I've seen it and I've been a part of places that aren't like that. And I'm like, you're you're seeing it and you're a part of it right now. And I felt like four months ago, we weren't sure, you know, obviously, of course, how the season was going to unfold. But it felt like in that moment and now going back and listening to it, like he was, it was an indictment on where the Bears are. I, I think he sees it and he knows it. he says, look, if you if you don't have it all working top to bottom, you're going to be mediocre. That's that's the reality right now. So I expect that fired up Nick Foles, that guy who says he's a better quarterback now than he was when he won the Super Bowl. I expect him to show that in some capacity after sitting by biting his tongue about what he's seen and, and what has led to his, you know, him not being the guy that they wanted him to be. And I want to see that. I want to see it on the field, Jeff. The the, yeah, the brutal reality, too, is that if he comes out and plays well, it's just going to make me scratch my head yet again and, and more, say, right. I don't understand why you felt the need to go ahead and sign Andy Dalton this right. offseason. I point to last season, I thought the move was, you know, I understand that everyone was concerned about COVID, not being able to meet, and that's why maybe the Bears felt compelled to go out and get Nick Foles because he understood the offensive system that Matt Nagy and John Filippo were running, and so they felt more comfortable bringing him in in an offseason where they were never going to be able to meet physically. However, I think in retrospect, it just shows you how silly that actually is because the move last year was to go ahead and sign Andy Dalton, who was a free agent at the time, for minimal money and not give up a draft pick for Nick Foles because, honestly, the truth be told, they're essentially the same player. There's not much difference between the two. And then, though, you double down, and because Nick Foles maybe was a little too honest with Matt Nagy and maybe just reading the tea leaves, Dion, it always felt to me like Nick Foles probably was, dude, some of the stuff you're trying to run is not working here. We need to figure it out. And I don't think Matt Nagy was open, completely open to that, right? Like, it was like harsh criticism, but I think we've seen it. I think we've seen that that is the truth of the situation. Mm-hmm. And then they go out and they get Andy, Andy Dalton when you already gave up the assets that you gave up for Nick Foles when he was under contract and never going to be moved out moved of, out of there. Right. It's, just, it's just if he goes out and plays well tonight, it's just going to be it's just going to make me laugh and just say, you know what, everything you guys have done as an organization, <laughs> it's been a debacle. Don't you think that is what's going to so happen? So I'm rooting for that. I am too. I think that's what's going to happen. I am cheering for that to happen tonight. To make to Nick, have Nick Foles, I, I guess, just look unearthly compared to the other guys that have started and like run the offense efficiently and zip zip down the field and they're scoring at will. Like I want to see, I want to see that. I think it would just throw another log onto the burning fire that is the Chicago Bears. That's what would happen. Yeah, that's it. That's what I got in the notebook. What is exactly happening at Hallis Hall? That's a good question. We went back to um, back to COVID protocols, Mellor, right? Like back in my car, office, listening to Zooms, not seeing people in person anymore. So it's hard to get a vibe. I, it, it, I had a little bit of PTSD going backwards. It was like, oh, I don't want to do this again. But I know we want to keep uh, everybody safe. So such is real. Yeah, life. yeah, yeah. It definitely is probably the best way to handle things right now. But it is... And maybe, like I guess you can just look at it and boy, it's just a good thing is for your, from your perspective, covering the bears right now is that it's not a season where you, you know, really right. need to be in the grind of totally. no trying to figure out everything that's going on and being able to do those face-to-face interactions because we're just playing out the string at this point. Dan. Yeah. That's all we're doing. <laughs> I'm um, trying again, to be motivated in, in doing my job in I, the best way, but it is, it is hard. It's you're looking for Thomas Graham jr. Stories, right? Like that made my whole week, made my whole yeah, week. Yeah, and No, no. Great point. 
this is where we kind of look around and say, okay, guys, um, who is going to step up and show mm-hmm. us that there's somebody that who needs to be on this roster next year and somebody that the fan base can be, ex- be excited about? That's what this game is absolutely for, and I will watch it. Uh, you know, same. the good news is there's only uh, two other games going on at the same time, so I can give all three of those games my full attention <laughs> and not have to worry necessarily about you know flipping away from a, a game of interest because I've got three TVs, Dion, and all three games will be on for me. And the, I'll give the Bears the uh, center TV, but if things go haywire, maybe maybe I'll just move them off center to the right if, uh, <laughs> yes. if it gets really bad. You'll demote but the I'll, game, yeah, for sure. I'll still have them on, nevertheless. Oh, same, um, same. As always, a fabulous rendition of The Notebook from Dion Miller. Up next, we'll let you know what's going around the league as the uh, early window of games wraps up here on the PointsBet Sportsbook pregame show on ESPN 1000. Tell your smart speaker, play ESPN 1000. The ESPN Chicago Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show. Listen on the ESPN Chicago app, 100.3 HD2 and ESPN 1000. Today in Seattle, the 4-10 Bears against the 5-9 Seahawks and... We'll watch it because we have to, but <laughs> we uh, have talked all day about how it is uninspiring right now without Justin Fields under center for the Bears. He is inactive. We told you that earlier today when the actives came around, which means that Nick Foles will be the starter. I'm Jeff Meller, along with Dion Miller on the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show, presented, of course, by 3G and Valparaiso University. All right, Dion, should we let the folks know what's going on around the league right now? I, I don't see why not. I mean... I'm sh- they're interested. I'm sure, yeah, I think <laughs> I think a lot of people right now have turned their focus to the to the NFL probably at this point and are wondering what's happening around the league. In Atlanta right now, the Lions are doing their best to try and come back. They right now trail 20 to 16. They have the ball though at the Atlanta 16-yard line. We shall see if uh, Tim Boyle can lead a comeback and um, really puts a huge dent in the Falcons playoff opportunities. Uh, yeah, huge matchup, Ravens and Bengals right now, although the Ravens on their third string quarterback, so that's why the score looks the way that it does. Bengals currently leading 41-21 with 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Uh, another game that has NFC North implications, but the Los Angeles Rams are the headliner. They come into this game 10-4, and and with the Cardinals lost last night, they can go ahead and sit atop the NFC West. With a win over the Vikings today, they are currently in the lead 27 to 27 and a half minutes remaining in the fourth quarter. Uh, Kirk Cousins just threw a, a touchdown pass to KJ Osborne, though, to move the Vikings closer. So the Rams have some work to do in that one if they'd like to continue and get out of Minnesota with a win today. I'm really surprised by this one. Bills 26-14 in New England. Kind of a slow start. I felt like the Patriots had been playing really well and and i assumed that they would win this one i feel like the bills always struggle when they go to new england but they have showed up today 26 14 right now the score uh late in the fourth quarter yeah and you know what though honestly i'll be honest that one did not surprise me as really? much as you because i thought I, the patriots getting a lot of love because you know everyone likes to talk about how bill belichick is great and i'm not trying to deny that but the reality is that mac jones is still a rookie quarterback and i think offensively the patriots still have some work to do if they're going to be a viable threat in the afc so um their defense is very good don't get me wrong but josh allen has really come to play today 
Um, he connected with, with Stefan Diggs earlier in the game. He's got a couple touchdowns. So not as surprising to me. I kind of anticipated the Bills would uh, win this one if they could get out ahead, and that's what they're doing right now. So we'll see, like you said, if they can um, hold on and win that one. In a game that most folks probably don't have a whole lot of interest in, but the Jets are winning this one 23-21 at home against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars 2-12, and the Jets 3-11. and If I, Whichever team wins actually puts some distance out in front of themselves for that number one overall pick. So I think both teams, for, uh, fan bases, are probably rooting for a loss in this one, believe it or not. And right now, the Jaguars are uh, in the lead, if you look at it from that perspective. But they actually trail the game 23-21 to 21 in reality. The uh, Bears' next opponent, the Giants, are equally bad as yes. the Bears. Um, they are currently trailing the Eagles 27-3. to 3. Mike Glennon, did he start? So forgive me that I didn't know this, Jeff Miller. Did he start? He started today. He no, no, he did not. He they did not to, to Jake Fromm. Jake Fromm. Okay, so their starter, but Glennon has gotten into the game. Yes. So. Okay, that's where I'm reading this. Okay, so yes. Je- Glennon has gotten in the game. He's thrown for 16 yards at the moment. Um, and uh, so, are we going to get the Mike Glennon revenge game next week? Uh, who knows? Anyway, uh, the Eagles are rolling. It's 27 to 3 as they have just started the fourth quarter. Giants have one road win. So that, you know, could maybe mean that the Bears have a better chance next week. But who knows? Who knows? Yeah, the Giants are uh, one of the few franchises that are as in just as big a mess as the Bears as the right Bears, now. Yeah. But mm-hmm. the one thing I'll say is at least the Giants have the Bears' first-round pick next season as a result of the Justin Fields trade. Correct. They have that going for them. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Um, elsewhere, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the defending Super Bowl champs, are up on the Panthers 29-6. to Again, I mentioned it earlier, they're missing quite a few of their skill players. Mm-hmm. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, who's done for the year, and Leonard Fournette are all out today, but Tom Brady... And the Bucks have still been able to put it on the Panthers 29 to 6 right now. Now, Brady does not have uh, big numbers. He's only got 215 yards and a touchdown. But Ronald Jones has a touchdown. And uh, uh, Keyshawn Vaughn actually has a long 55 yard touchdown run for the Bucks. So they've been getting it done. Antonio Brown, in his return for the team, has nine catches uh, for 91 yards. He's been Tom Brady's top receiver today. Uh, Texans are. Double digits up on the Chargers late in the fourth in uh, in Houston at thirty four twenty three right now. Uh, they've put up seventeen points in the fourth quarter. The Texans have um, looking for their second home win of the season here. It's uh, they're nearing the two minute warning. Um, kind of surprising there. Kind of surprising. Yeah, no, though. I'm with you now. Now that one, I will absolutely agree. Dion <laughs> is a complete surprise. Who would have thought that Davis Mills and the Texans, who currently are three and eleven would uh, be beating the Chargers right now by double digits in a game that is huge for the Chargers. Playoff implications, not a huge surprise um, that uh, I guess uh, it's a, it's not a huge surprise that Justin Jackson is leading the way for the Chargers because Austin Eckler was put on the COVID list for them. But Justin Jackson is having a big day for uh, the fantasy players out there who plugs him into their lineups. He's got six catches for 77 yards and at least one touchdown that I saw. So big day for him, but the Chargers are going to need to do some work here late if they want any chance at all to uh, try and beat the Texans in Houston today. Yeah, and Davis, it has, Mills. Davis Mills I, has like a quarterback rating yeah. of nearing 118. Yeah, oh, and, that's and, impressive. and 
Burkhead, 149 rushing yards and two touchdowns, helping absolutely nobody in fantasy football because nobody was starting him today in wow. all likelihood. So uh, that is a big game for him. Yeah, no but doubt. I would imagine most uh, fantasy players did not use him today. And it has gone final. The Falcons were able to stave off the Lions. They hold on to this one and win 20-16 to 16 at home. So the Falcons are 7-8, and eight, and they're on the peripheral of the playoffs in the NFC, although they, I think, still need to get a little bit lucky based on tiebreakers. But mm-hmm. if the Vikings end up losing this one to the Rams right now, um, and again, they trail by seven, that would help the Falcons out a little bit. But they still need some. Uh, they still need the Eagles and Saints to lose a game here down the stretch if the Falcons are going to do anything to make the playoffs because they are behind both those teams in the tiebreakers. So that is what's going on around the league in the NFL right now. I'm Jeff Meller along with Deanne Miller. This is the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show presented by 3G and Valparaiso University. Up next, it is almost here. We're about 20 minutes away from kickoff. We yes. will give you our predictions on what is going to happen in the Bears-Seahawks game, whether you like it or not. (laughs) Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. You're listening to the ESPN Chicago Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show on ESPN 1000 and 100.3 HD2. Here are your hosts, Jeff Meller and ABC7's Dion Miller. Dean, we've been so focused on the Bears and Seahawks. I think I failed to ever ask, did you have a good Christmas, a good holiday this the past couple days? I have. You know, it, it crossed my mind, too. I wanted to ask you if you got everything you wanted for Christmas. But um, it has been lovely. We have spent some really good family time, lots of laughter, not a lot of sleep. My kids are really early risers on Christmas morning, and mm-hmm. I, oh, am, yeah. I am paying for it. I think at one point, I believe they were both awake by 4 a.m., to which I said, no. Oh, no. (laughs) I mean, this is absolutely not happening. And then we ended up going for like a 5 a.m. walk uh, around the neighborhood to look at Christmas lights because they were up too early and I needed them to do something. Yeah. Yeah. So needless to say, later in the day, we were all in bed. You have to look forward to one day. You have you have your you have children waking you up at four in the morning on christmas day uh it will be fabulous no fortunately mine uh we gave them the edict don't come get us until 8 a.m oh uh, wow right at 8 a.m you know ours are our our twins are 11 so they right at 8 a.m they were uh at the door and waking my wife and i up and so that's when we uh ventured down to the uh the living room to open up Christmas presents from That's Santa. It was going to be it was our a good room. Christmas, all in all. Yes, yeah, for sure. All um, and then my wife did give me a. My wife and my kids bought me a mug spearheaded by my wife, a mug with a sloth attached to it, um, <laughs> and it says, "Today I will do absolutely nothing." Which I, I appreciate. My son, he he told my wife apparently that he thought it was um, kind of a mean gift. He didn't like the message that it was sending. Oh, he did, and, and then. <laughs> It was coupled, Dion, with believe it or not. I, I, I it's funny because we, I've been sharing photos of red pandas with you recently. Yeah, yes, oh, I love. I told them. you, I'm, I'm completely like it. I, I discovered them within the last year. I didn't know the species existed, and all of a sudden they're like the cutest animal to watch and follow on Twitter. Yes. and sure enough, guess what? So with this sloth mug, my <laughs> wife and children bought me also a T-shirt with a red panda on a log. And underneath it, it says, I'm doing nothing at all today. So, like, it's <laughs> that a, is I don't know so what, awesome. 
going on? I don't know if my wife's trying to send me messages to light a fire under my ass to do more around the house, but um, <laughs> apparently uh, they, they look at me as a sloth or just a, a red panda that will do nothing. That's the way See, my I read it as they want you to be go easier on yourself. Like you need a break. So they're telling you you need to do a day where you do absolutely nothing. Yeah. That's what I think Let's, it sounds like. That, yeah, that's, uh, that's one way to spin it. All right. <laughs> Will the Bears do anything today, Dia? What is your prediction for what unfolds today in Seattle as the Bears take on the Seahawks in what should be a snow-filled, uh, snow-filled field? Well, you know what we failed to even really touch on over the last two hours is the fact that Seattle has had a season they did not expect. And it has been years, like we're talking eight, nine years since they've played a game in December with zero playoff implications for them. And mm-hmm. they're on an incredibly short week. They wanted to push this game back because they had played on Tuesday. And the, yeah, the Bears are on a short week, but they played on Tuesday. They're not used to being in the situation where they are, where they're literally just playing out the season. I think this opens the door for a fired mm-hmm. up Nick Foles and uh, a lot of other third stringers who are playing for the Bears because they are in such a dire situation. So I'm going to go Bears. I'm going to go Bears again. Of course, I did this again last Monday, too. But I'm going to go Bears today with more authority, more conviction. I'm going to say 17 to 10 Bears. It's going to be really exciting. Oof. Yeah, see, I'm Oof. looking at this one. And, and I, uh, I, I, think, uh, I think they keep it close. I'm with you there. But I do think Seattle at home will be too much for the Bears. I'm going to go ahead and say the Seahawks win this one 27-21. I do think Nick Foles actually does uh, a little something offensively though and uh, they look a little bit better but um and that might be also just a product of the seahawks second uh their whole defense actually not being that great of an opponent all right we'll see how it unfolds when we do reconvene it will be a new year so i want to wish everybody out there a happy Happy new year and enjoy the holidays right um thanks to our man tyler aki as well for spinning the dials for us. Thank you, Dion, for Thank participating you, and making it a fabulous two-hour pregame show. Whether or not the Bears pay off for us, we shall see. But um, we will be watching. Thanks for listening, folks. We'll be back next week on the PointsBet Sportsbook pregame show on ESPN 1000.